Welcome to the Salted Carmel podcast from Our Lady of Mount Carmel. This is where we talk about individual faith stories. I'm David Cook, the Stewardship Director at Our Lady, and with me is the always jovial Jody Curtis. Jody, who's our guest today? Our guest today is Kip Curtis. Welcome, Kip, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, I am Kip Curtis. I am a first year, just finished my first year as a focused missionary, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. I did my first year at Western Michigan University, just three hours north of here. I grew up in Carmel, went to Garen Catholic High School, and then went on to Indiana University, where I was in the Kelly School of Business uh, for four years, graduated, and then immediately became a focused missionary. So here I am now. And in full disclosure, Kip, just for today, is my favorite child. <laughs> He's my middle child. Well, how you doing? I'm doing well. How yeah. are you? Is it... Are you staying sane in this quarantine time? I think so. I've gotten pretty... We were isolated in uh, Kalamazoo for a while. That's where Western is. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to come back home. So I've been able to live at a couple of different places and nice. um, get around quarantine while still following the rules, of yeah. course. Are you guys like maintaining your work right now? We are. So it's kind of an odd time. Mission changed for us in the second half of the spring semester because of school being shut down. So everything that we did became virtual, and now we're in kind of a limbo period as well because school is over and things are still virtual. So there is slightly less work in the last team meetings and such, but Bible studies go on, one-on-ones go on, which has been a benefit of uh, corona because that is usually a struggle going into the summer, but we already have everything in place. Kip, can you even remember a time when Christ was not a part of your life? So I would say growing up, obviously, you know what we did. Um, (laughs) I do, but David. I don't want the audience. (laughs) We, I always remember, or never in my life to remember a time where we didn't go to Sunday Mass regularly. But for me, through eighth grade, it was kind of just like we go to a sun, we go to Sunday Mass. I remember going to Sunday school and all of that growing up. But in reality, I didn't know too much about faith at that point in my life. Part of that um, was uh, maybe just a lack of the Sunday school education I was re- receiving or just the fact that I was an eighth grade kid that didn't really care too much about all this. So I went to Garen Catholic, which ended up being a huge blessing. I didn't necessarily choose it for the faith formation, but ended up, that was the most impactful thing I got out of it. And I remember telling my mom on the first day of school that I was really nervous because all of these cradle Catholic, Catholic school CYO kids, that I was probably one of 10 uh, middle school, public middle schoolers to come into Garen. I remember telling my mom that I was way behind on my faith education. Um, (laughs) But by the nature of how Garen set up their curriculum, theology included, I felt pretty caught up uh, pretty soon. So that was kind of like, yes, I grew up Catholic, but didn't really start to take it seriously until got to high school. So that's when it became a choice for me. Um, And then going on to IU, that is, I knew it was something that I wanted to continue keeping up. So uh, at IU, I was going to Sunday Mass every Sunday, and I was going to confession once a month. But in reality, it was just kind of like, hitting, checking off the boxes. Uh, I wasn't a part of any sort of community there. I was basically, like I said, doing these things and praying each night before I went to bed. 
but I was lacking the whole community aspect and really just doing it out of, to be a good Catholic, I just need to check off the boxes, and that's what I did. And I had my friends in other places, um, and being Catholic was something I really just did on my own. Gotcha. Well, backtracking a little bit, you mentioned how in high school you, you chose the faith. Was there any concrete moment that you remember being like, yep, I need to get back in my faith, or was it just being surrounded by all those at Garen? Yeah, I kind of consider it like two twofold in this call to deeper conversion. There was never this major rock bottom moment turnaround. Mm. Um, but I remember just having the knowledge of what basically being taught at Garen provided me the knowledge of like why we did what we did more to uh, as to what was going on in the mass. What did the sacraments actually mean? What was the reasoning behind the theology that was taught? It wasn't this like blind faith or like, okay, I go to mass every weekend and that's all you have to do. It became mm. more than that at Garen. But I would say moving into the more the more recent and deeper call to conversion came my senior year of uh, senior year at IU at college. And so as many Our Lady Michael listeners probably know, one of our parishioners and one of my classmates and best friends, uh, Evan Hansen, passed away in the fall of my senior year. And I remember that day uh, because I walked out of class and I had gotten the information and didn't think it was real, was really confused as to what was going on. And going to mass was the only thing that I thought to do. Um, and it started in 10 minutes and up to that point I'd never been to a daily mass besides like Kairos mass in high school or any holy day of obligation. I'd never been to just a regular old daily mass in my life up until that point. And so that was kind of like the start to this transformation. Like I said, I wouldn't call it this concrete moment, but that was the start. And so I started going to daily mass the rest of my fall semester, the rest of my time fall semester, my senior year at IU. And then I was invited to SEEK, which is a focus conference uh, by a friend, which that again was something that I don't think I ever really would have gone to, but the combination of it being in Indianapolis, so close to home um, and all this stuff made it a pretty attractive option. And I knew a couple of people going, IU brought like 100 people, which was super nice because we were so close. Mm -hmm. But even then, I only knew a handful of people having not been involved in the community up until that point. And so on the last day of SEEK, it was January 7th, which was which would have been Evan Hansen's birthday. And so Father Mike Schmitz, who many people probably know, big, big name, big speaker, um, he gave a talk on the last day. He was the keynote speaker, um, and he was talking about this idea of indifference. And he defined it as caring, but not caring enough to act. Um, and that was kind of like the icing on the cake of, I was living this mediocre, complacent Catholic lifestyle beforehand, and I cared, but not really cared enough to do anything else. So that was the day that I signed up for Bible study, signed up for a mission trip, um, and basically got a jump start into the focus life and the student ministry life at uh, IU, at St. Paul's Catholic Center. Wow, so just the second half of your senior year then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's yeah. actually been very recent. That's awesome. Um, focus was, got to IU my junior year, mm -hmm. but I had no idea who they were until my senior year, getting more involved in that. And Kip, what is your life like in Christ now? Yeah, so it is filled, I describe it as being filled with abundant joy and abundant uh, virtuous friendships. Uh, so as I described, I kind of was hitting the sacraments and semi had this personal prayer life down in reality it like wasn't that strong but 
Was I saying a prayer at least every day? Yes. But I didn't have a community. And so getting involved in, it's not just focus that was like the savior to this whole thing, but <laughs> focus provided, focus was the vessel to all of these uh, holy friendships that I didn't have in the past that I didn't really know that I wanted and I wasn't necessarily pursuing beforehand. Um, but it has created these virtuous friendships, which have become some of my strongest friendships that I've had in my life uh, just in the past six months to a year, um, as opposed to people uh, who I've known for a long time. Not to say that those friendships are bad or anything, but just having people who are also radically pursuing the Lord by their own choice alongside with me creates for a deeper friendship. So I think that's the biggest thing that I've gained through all this oh, yeah. is the friendship aspect and having the community of holiness uh, surrounding me, which I now wouldn't trade for anything. I can definitely relate to that. When I, when I got married, I had high school friends that I've known for 10 plus years, but four of my seven uh, groomsmen were my disciples, you know. Yeah. So now you're living this focused lifestyle. It mm-hmm. kind of, you kind of uh, mentioned how these great friendships that you've had. And is that basically your main mission as a focused missionary to create those friendships for other people? Or do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Right. So everyone kind of has their like, issue they're more so passionate about uh, within the Catholic faith. Um, so for some people, maybe it's um, pro-life issues for other people it's other things and so one thing that I'm particularly particularly passionate about uh, is this idea of like Christian masculinity and what it means uh, to live that out well especially on the college campus so I think that my testimony allows me to be particularly insightful uh, into students lives who are doing the same thing as me maybe I like throughout the year, there are definitely people who I saw just come to Sunday Mass and never saw do anything else. And I know what they're doing and I know their reasoning behind that because I lived that same lifestyle for three and a half years. Um, and so that's, I'm more able to speak into that and I know how to combat that, I guess, uh, better because I know that it takes living life with them and being basically like growing this friendship and focus lingo, we call it creating this authentic friendship with them uh, before we move on to anything else. Um, And that takes meeting them where they're at and whatever they're doing. Um, And so that's what kind of my goal is to focus on as a missionary is the people who are in the same boat as me. Nat, you mentioned that focus was just one vessel. What, why did you choose focus in particular? Right, so it leverages uh, the, we attack the college campus specifically Um, because it's a moment of, uh, it's a pivotal moment in a man or woman's life. It's where they're fresh out of high school, they are experiencing way more freedom uh, for the first time in their lives, and they are also basically ripe for the picking because they're about to be our future leaders, doctors, accountants, lawyers, whatever it may be. Um, And so as Catholics, we want people with a formed Catholic foundation going into the workforce. We need that. But also, it's a dangerous time because for someone who has never experienced freedom and then enters it totally when they get to the college campus, it can be destructive and people's lives can blow up and I've seen it happen. Um, and I'm sure both of you have stories of seeing that happen as well. Um, so I chose Focus because A, being fresh out of college, it makes, these people are still relatable to me with only being one year out. And B, 
they, like I said, I'm very close to the lifestyle that was just lived. I had just spent four years on the college campus as a student, and so it's not that big of a transition for me to continue living a similar lifestyle um, that the students are doing. So that's kind of why I chose focus rather than spending my time. I'm probably not the most effective person to go work in a women's shelter dealing with crisis pregnancy. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with that. Uh, nor am I probably the best person to go to a different continent for multiple years at a time because that's not what I know and not necessarily mm-hmm. what I'm good at. Yeah. I mean, evangelization is usually a very scary topic for a lot of people and we're told to evangelize all the time. But now that you've actually lived it, you've actually evangelized, uh, do you want to shed some light for some people who are still hesitant to evangelize or not really sure what that word means or kind of just relieve them. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So a couple things. I was in the same boat, too, of like, okay, I want to do this Catholic thing by myself and then not really tell my friends about it because that brings up hard conversations or it's a weird discussion or or something like that. Um, And part of the beauty of being a focused missionary is that you get no preference as to where you get placed. And so what that means is 99.9% chance I'm getting placed at a campus where I literally know no one there. And that's what happened being placed at Western Michigan. And so it was very freeing because I didn't have these relationships. People didn't know the old Kip, so to speak. Um, And I was free to totally live out this Catholic lifestyle of going around campus and not caring if people knew that I was a Catholic missionary because I was, and that was (laughs) my job to be there. Um, So it was very freeing to go around, and it doesn't mean that you have to have these big debates with people on campus every day or that people come at you and attack you with these different arguments and stuff. Rarely, if ever, does that actually happen. But just to know that it's very freeing to live out this life fully in Christ uh, rather than being weighed down by different masks that you have to put on um, or different burdens that you carry or pressures that you put on yourself um, from whatever that may be. So one last note on the evangelization thing is that my perspective has definitely changed. Um, as a student uh, involved in St. Paul's Catholic Center, we're definitely asked to go out and, and invite our friends into all this. Um, but by choosing to be a missionary, we are then almost, I guess, forced into living out this mission because we chose this job. But it actually puts a real sense of urgency on you that I don't think I can remove from my persona, from my personality now, of mm-hmm. wanting this to happen having this patient urgency, we call it, of like not forcing it upon people, but know that it's a good thing to bring up in conversation uh, in whatever way you deem, whatever creative ways you get to at the time. Kip, who is your biggest faith influencer? Besides your mom. This is kind of a, a gimme answer, but the saints are people in general who I look up to. So there's, it's easier for me to connect uh, with male saints, being a male myself. And, um, Weird. <laughs> looking, looking up to them and seeing the lives that they lived uh, and doing this sort of thing. Um, so some of my favorite saints, well, one who's not a saint yet, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, um, was just a guy my own age, likes doing things that I like to do, rock climbing and uh, go hiking and going, on, going to mountains and just like being with your friends and being happy, and, but also carrying this uh, moral authority along with it of being someone that they know this is a man who's living for Christ. And so trying to implement his lifestyle and his boldness into uh, my own life is something that's easier said than done, obviously. 
but it's a very, very like real person to look up to. Someone who died less than a hundred years ago uh, lived in a, a similar time as what we're doing, uh, as what we're doing now. So the saints, but he's in particular someone who's been uh, around a lot this year someone who I've asked for a lot of intercession for. And Kip, you know at Our Lady, we like to say we're grateful no matter what. What are you most grateful for today? Yeah, I think the thing that I'm most grateful for uh, is the ability to continue living out this lifestyle that I'm currently doing. Um, and so we have this ability in the time of uh, in the time of Corona, people are saying amidst amid these times, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but basically, to continue living out our Catholic faith without any sort of persecution. And it uh, it sounds weird to say, but being grateful for the desire and the hunger for the Eucharist, especially uh, something that I've taken for granted in going to daily mass almost every day now for the past year and a half or so, uh, and then having that be stripped away from you makes it more real. Of like. This is something that, that I was just doing every day, but we are actually like receiving the king of the universe every single day, and that is a crazy thing to comprehend. And so now to have that taken away from us and not to be able to go to adoration and uh, sit with him or even not even be able to sit in the church um, is a pretty wild thing and brings that hunger. But without this, I would be more likely to continue taking things for granted. Um, so it doesn't always feel like a blessing, uh, but that's what I'm grateful for now is the increased hunger. Nice. That's awesome. So we're Salted Caramel Podcasts, and, you know, we, we need to keep our saltiness. And to me, that means <laughs> staying a good disciple of God's evangelizing. So we're trying to redeem the phrase staying salty. So I'm going to ask you, what keeps you salty? And what in particular this week, how are you staying salty? Yeah, good question. So my sort of, I call it the spiritual trio of the day is going to daily mass, doing a holy hour, and praying the rosary. And so those, usually mass is pretty much the same, but now we are having to do online mass, which is still an upper, like, we, that's definitely available to us. Um, and it's way easier to get to than physical mass, actually. So that is like not something that's gonna be removed from my schedule. The spiritual act of communion is different, but still um, a good thing to be doing. The holy hour can look different as well. Sometimes it's praying with scripture, sometimes it's sitting there in adoration, sometimes it's being there knowing that you are a sinner and can do nothing and <laughs> the Lord is basically giving you all that he's given you in the past. Um, and so the holy hours look different and so it sounds, when I say the spiritual trio, it sounds like this regimented like, okay, I knocked those two hours out of my day and then I'm done with that. Um, but it is a pretty dynamic thing. And then the rosary in particular can be done by yourself, with friends, on walks, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, and so there is a bit of creativity into how you get these things in your day accomplished. But I think those for me is, that is a set, those are set times in my day and potentially spread out at different points. So it's not just like, I pray a holy hour each day in the morning and then I don't think about God for the rest of the day. So it's uh, this idea of like spreading them out to make it semi consistent across the whole day. And you schedule those into your day? Mm-hmm. I do, yeah. And Kip, we'd like to leave our listeners with a call to action. What would you encourage our listeners today to be called to do? Yeah, so I talked a lot about uh, receiving the sacraments. And so confession and uh, 
uh, Daily Mass were two of the biggest things for me. It went from confession, I try and go to every two weeks now, and then Daily Mass, like I said, was, was part of our schedule as a missionary, so that makes it pretty easy to get to. Um, but now, being home for the summer, um, you have to, like, you do have to schedule that into your day, or else you'll miss it. So, that those two would be my recommendations of just try and get to the sacraments as frequently as possible. Even even in this time, we still have priests available to call, um, and we have daily mass at our fingertips every single day. Um, particularly with daily mass, I'm passionate about because if we are, like I said, receiving the King of the Universe on a daily basis, we can't help but be transformed into His image and likeness on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, whether we're engaged fully in the mass or not. We like we are consuming Him, and we are shedding his light more uh, to others. Well, Kip, thanks for joining us on the Salted Caramel podcast. And to, to all of our listeners, stay salty. Let's end with a prayer. God, our Father, I pray that through the Holy Spirit, I might hear the call of the new evangelization to deepen my faith, grow in confidence to proclaim the gospel, and boldly witness to the saving grace of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening today. And stay salty. Stay salty.